0: We are going to give you a special treat and bring you this week's edition of The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. I must commend a new Dunkin' Donuts in Nanuet. They are giving away free coffee for a year. This is in Rockland County, New York. This is important. Um, this is They're giving this away to the first 100 customers. Now, think about that. They opened their newest location on Friday at uh, the Gateway Commons Plaza on Route 39 in Nanuet, and Walter Buzzick, a Dunkin' Donuts franchisee, said the first hundred customers will receive a coupon book with four medium hot or iced coffee options for a month for 14 months, adding up to free coffee for one year. I mean, that's pretty cool. I am not a franchise guy. Uh, I don't go to chains, really. But I think this would be great if every chain did this. What A great promotional way of getting people interested in your business. So I'm mentioning this, even though I know a lot of people don't live near Rockland County, in the hopes that this will get people to do this with their stores when they open them, whether it's a small business or part of a chain. I want to commend um, Maggie Kuznia. Maggie Kuznia is a first grader in Minnesota, the land of Jesse Ventura and Dean Barkley, and the Minnesota Vikings that won their game yesterday. I didn't, get, I didn't look at all the results yesterday, but I think I'm doing pretty good this week. Maggie Kuznia is going door-to-door in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, offering to read to seniors first of all i give her this credit that she's this good of a reader as she's beginning first grade but she's a natural storyteller and she's doing what i think is a very good deed we've covered the topic of loneliness at length and a lot of the folks that are dealing with loneliness are senior citizens and the fact that she is going out of her way to greet senior citizens meet them And offer to read to them, I think, is a wonderful thing. I think this is a model child. If my son ever has this degree of generosity of spirit or intelligence, quite frankly, I'd be very proud. Her parents, I'm sure, must be very proud of her. So, Maggie Kuznia, I do commend you. I want to commend Chicago's Lyric Opera. This is a wonderful idea. They are uh, introducing these new, this new state-of-the-art technology called Sound Shirts that enable patrons who are deaf or hard of hearing to experience the power of the music in a new way. This is the first opera company ever to offer the Sound Shirt, which audience members can wear to literally feel the music. And they hope that if it works and they just debuted this yesterday, if it works, it'll make the theater more accessible to fans who are deaf and hard of hearing. And the way it works is microphones are placed over the orchestra and on stage, recording sounds in real time that are sent to a computer, where software translates it to digital data. It's then transported to trigger 16 motors scattered around the shirt, creating a vibration in the front of your shoulders, forearms, and upper and lower back. I think this is so cool and it's so great that the Lyric Opera is uh, is doing this I um, have often thought about how many deaf people or people that are hard of hearing uh, that are out there and I wish there was something that could be done to make this radio show accessible to people that are deaf or hard of hearing you know if I had every word that I said pre-scripted you know we could just post that but uh, honestly a lot of what I say is kind of extemporaneous if we had someone that could be like a, a court reporter and transcribe it in real time, that could be done for the deaf folks. But I um, we have a lot of blind listeners. I'd love to be able to do something for the deaf. And maybe this is... Obviously, talk radio is a lot different than, than lyrics, uh, than the opera. But I'd love to figure out a way to reach the deaf people in our audience. Um, you know, my friend Jason, his father is deaf. And... He doesn't speak he doesn't know sign language. And I officiated Jason's wedding. And what I was able to do and he said he was almost he was able to read my lips pretty much, but what he, I what I did for him and I normally don't do this is I pre-scripted as many of my remarks as possible and I gave them to him so that he could follow along with what I was reading during the ceremony. But uh, if you don't know sign language, which, believe it or not, a lot of deaf people don't, then you must must have a really hard time with uh, great sources of entertainment and information like this program, for instance. Uh, So I want to commend the Chicago's Lyric Opera for doing that. I want to commend the um, caregivers at the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital for Rehabilitation. I love this. Caregivers at this hospital sprang into action to give Megan Crafty, who's a 17-year-old girl, uh, a homecoming, a homecoming dance after brain surgery forced her to miss her homecoming. It's an Ohio teen, and she missed her homecoming dance after undergoing surgery for a brain tumor. So you had this group of caregivers that went out of their way to make it up to her. She was recently hospitalized after being diagnosed with a brain tumor, according to a spokesperson for the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital. The teen's mother told People magazine that her daughter underwent surgery on September 12th, one week after she received her diagnosis. So she stayed in the hospital until September 20th, and she was transferred to the Cleveland Clinic Children's Hospital, and and she missed her homecoming dance. So when the caregivers caught wind of this, They sprang into action and designed a special Christmas-themed homecoming dance just for Megan. Christmas is her favorite holiday. So I think this is great. And I'm glad, and she seems to be doing okay. So uh, I'm glad to hear that as well. By the way, um, not related to this story, but brain, brain tumors are serious and they're scary. You know why? Because a lot of times you don't see them coming. I just found out, you know, I told you my brother Nicholas, his mother-in-law, who was a wonderful lady and uh, a big listener to this show. She passed away suddenly and they did an autopsy. And again, I hope I'm not saying anything I shouldn't. But they found out that she died suddenly because of a benign brain tumor. Benign. It caused her to have a stroke. And she died suddenly. So I, um, I just felt so bad for her because she was a relatively young woman. I don't even think she was 70 years old and just really such a nice lady. And I, I miss her, as especially as a listener. But uh, it just goes to show you just you never know. You never know. You really got to treasure every moment. I want to commend the Starbucks workers who raised over $40,000 for a beloved barista. After her car was vandalized. This is again an Ohio story for whatever reason. A lot of very generous people in Ohio these days. A Starbucks supervisor is now getting ready to buy a new set of wheels thanks to the loving concern of her co workers and an entire college campus. Karen Collinsworth, um, actually, this is not in Ohio, it's in, uh, uh, she's from Ohio, but this Starbucks is in West Virginia. Karen Collinsworth has been living near the Marshall University campus in Huntington, West Virginia, for decades. And for much of that time, she's been working at Starbucks, supervising a youthful staff while serving students and faculty. She's been in the area since 1976. She's from Columbus, Ohio, and she just fell in love with West Virginia. So um, she had her car burglarized. And the staff felt so bad They set up a fundraiser for her, and the original goal was $10,000. They've raised over $40,000 for her. I mean, this is just extraordinary. So good for her, and uh, good for these workers. That's a very, very nice thing. I do commend you. I must commend this new bacteria, which could be the most significant thing in the history of the world. I'm not joking at all um it's called idianella sakianensis after the city of sake where it was found do you know how much plastic is on this earth right now almost i don't think almost literally well maybe not literally almost Every piece of plastic that has ever been manufactured is still on this earth right now. It's either taking up space in a landfill or it's in the ocean. And all the research suggests that plastic is even in our own bodies. There are these microplastics that are in our bodies. We are, if this continues, we are going to be a whole planet drowning in plastic. Plastic, plastic, plastic. Everywhere. Everything's plastic. And it's indestructible. Well, it's not indestructible, but it's not biodegradable, so it just sits there. Well, thanks to these researchers in Japan, these Japanese scientists, they have discovered a plastic-eating bacteria that could change the world. This is absolutely extraordinary. This microbe was found munching on a plastic bottle in a rubbish dump. And they are saying this could be a recycling revolution. And the scientists in Japan are trying to turbocharge these powers into a bid to solve our waste crisis. Is it going to work? Who knows? But it certainly is cause for optimism. So not only good for this bacterium but good for the scientists being led by Kohei Oda, a professor at the Kyoto Institute of Technology. And they were looking for substances that could soften, soften synthetic fabrics like polyester. But they believe that whatever scientific problem one faces, microbes have probably already worked out a solution. And it might be this very bacterium. So plastic pollution is is impossible to ignore. You know how much plastic we've generated in the last 20 years? 2.5 billion tons of plastic waste. Each year, we produce about 380 million tons. And that's going to triple by 2060. So unless we figure out something, we're going to have a big problem. There currently is a patch of plastic rubbish seven times the size of Great Britain, sitting in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And you have this, you know, it's just bad. Bad, bad, bad. So I'm hoping that this bacterium discovered by these Japanese scientists is the solution to our problems. I uh, have to commend Jimmy Carter, uh, 99 years old yesterday. Some of you uh, probably heard John Katsimatides and his interview with uh, President Clinton yesterday. Both of them paid tribute to uh, President President Carter, ninety nine years old, and uh, he put off his practice yesterday of quietly watching church services online to just instead celebrate his ninety birthday with his wife Rosalind and their children, their grandchildren, and their great grandchildren. They had this gathering in the same one story structure where the Carters lived before he was first elected to the Georgia Senate and uh, the, there's all sorts of tributes coming in from around the world and, and d- deservedly so for whatever his shortcomings as a president this is an incredible human being the the man is probably one of the greatest former presidents of all time uh even with his administrations you know tough stuff whatever the you know however you want to whatever the challenges their administration had he um was unquestionably honest you know I mean there's no issues like uh like you see in almost every other presidential administration and that's I think coming out of Watergate a lot of what the country needed and just such a, an incredible philanthropist as such an incredible man of God and a big baseball fan. And a guy that likes peanuts. Speaking of food, so Jimmy Carter, may you live another 99 years. Happy birthday. Speaking of food, I want to commend Doritos. Doritos has achieved a new record for the highest cheese pull. After they pulled off a stunt in Somerset, England, is according to the World Talent Organization, a helicopter dipped a... This is so funny. They dipped a giant chip into a special cheese blend inside of a 14-foot-tall replica of nachos and then stretched the cheese 49 feet up without it breaking. The company said the stunt took over a month of preparation with the assistance of cheese scientists, helicopter pilots, and others on the ground. I want to commend Drew Carey for covering $600,000 worth of food tabs at two restaurants near the WGA picket lines. After 146 painful days, the writer's strike has finally ended. Uh, I am a big supporter of organized labor, and I hated to see what was being done to the writers. I'm glad they got a great deal. And uh, Drew Carey and Seth MacFarlane and others... Really went out of their way to kick in a little extra to the strike fund. And for him to go out and um, pay for the meals of all these writers, very, very nice. He was spending $10,000 per weekday at the strike's peak. Now, he can afford it. They say he's got a net worth of $165 million. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. Um, very generous. Very generous. And he did this for 146 days, bought meals for these two restaurants near the picket lines. Very nice. And finally, I want to commend Columbia, Maryland. Big shout out to all of our listeners on WCBM in Maryland. On a list of the best cities for women in America columbia maryland ranks number one the best city for women in all of america not such a great thing for baltimore which placed low on the list at 107 Uh, this is a list compiled by wallet hub a personal finance website to to identify the most women-friendly cities they compared 182 cities across 15 key metrics the data ranges from the media earnings for female workers to the quality of women's hospitals to suicide rates for women. And when you take it all into account, Columbia, Columbia, Maryland is the place to be if you're a woman. There you have it. All right. 800-848-9222. If you want to comment on anyone I have commended, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.